Welcome to the Tin Lounge, where travel advisors Corrine and Teresa read you the travel industry news headlines that are currently unread in your inbox, so you can leave here feeling informed. If you're new around here, Tin stands for Travel Industry News, and on today's full episode, we're going to cover some of the biggest stories from this month. I'm Corrine, co-owner of Journey's Travel Company and creator of Travel Biz Boss. And I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam With Intention. We've got a lot to cover, but before we get started, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com to find some other fantastic travel podcasts. Well, let's dive right in. I've got an article here from Travel Market Report, though I saw articles all over the place about this. Uh, it is called Unvaccinated Americans Returning to U.S. will have to be COVID tested within 24 hours of travel. So we've all been seeing these headlines, um, but they are about to become official. The rules for international travel are changing again for both American citizens and non-citizens. So on Monday, the White House announced new stricter rules for inbound international travelers and citizens, including rules guiding covid testing and contact tracing. The main change is that it cuts the testing time from three days to one day for U.S. citizens who are unvaccinated. And even if you are vaccinated, then you still have to stick with um, the negative test within 72 hours prior to arrival in the United States. For tourists, only vaccinated non-citizens will be allowed to enter starting next month. And we already knew that, and there was no change to that. So beginning on November 8th, the U.S. will welcome travelers from 33 countries, including Europe, the United Kingdom, China, India, and Brazil, who are fully vaccinated and can provide proof of a negative test taken within three days of travel. Within the past month and a half, I feel like I've traveled a lot Um, both domestically and internationally. And the accessibility of COVID tests is so high. I mean, it has increased exponentially since we started dealing with this last year. I mean, we can, we now have the um, take home test where you can just schedule like a 15 minute telehealth consultation, get your results right away. Um, I remember getting an antigen test in Santorini. We got our results by that. Actually, we actually got our results before we even left the pharmacy um, getting tested. So the one day, you know, time limit, it might sound super harsh, but I think it's really easy to get those tests done now. I mean, when you when you went to Mexico, well, you didn't have to test to go back because you live in Mexico. But when I was down in um, Mexico at the all-inclusive resorts down there, we got tested. And by that evening, we already had our test. And of course, you know, anything can happen. But the majority of people, I would say almost all, I haven't heard anyone who's been delayed getting their results traveling internationally. They were able to get it at least by the end of the day. Yeah. Um, even here in central Mexico, in the state I live in, which is not a big tourist hotspot for um, uh, U.S. citizens, I can get a test at any number of places. Now, I am a little bit nervous because, as you all know, Teresa and I are going to be on the Celebrity Apex on Tuesday. 
but celebrity is requiring the test within two days, not three days, which means I have to find a place to get tested on Sunday. And there's one place that has like two hours of appointments on Sunday, but they won't, I don't think they'll open till tomorrow. So I have it on my calendar to jump on it. Worst case scenario, I can get tested at the Mexico City airport, but I'm really hoping for ease. And my niece just left here today with her husband yesterday. We walked right down the street to the pharmacy and they were back within the hour with results in hand. So if you can get tests that easily here, I have to believe just about anywhere is going to be a similar situation. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be cutting it real close because I don't think I'm going to be tested until Monday morning. I don't get to Miami until Monday evening. So mm -hmm. getting that rapid test done, I'll have results in less than 30 minutes. If I had so, time to do that, that's what I would do. But I have to get to Mexico yeah. City. So I have to be like on a, a bus at oh, dark 30 for three hours. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> um, but, you know, I think this will be a deterrent for some travelers. I actually just had my first clients cancel a cruise because of the vaccination requirement. Uh, and they want to look at doing like an all-inclusive, but they are annoyed by the extra hoops. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I think, it, you know, there will be a few people who will pass just based on having to have that test and feeling nervous about that tight timeline. Uh, but the article says that um, there are some exception, ex exceptions, exemptions, sorry, including medical exemptions and travelers under 18 years old who have not been able to get access to the vaccines. Um, and they said this is a critical public health measure both to prevent the introduction, transmission, and spread of new variants of COVID-19, as well as to add a critical prevention tool to address other public threats. That's what the White House said in its new guidelines. So um, they're saying that the timeline of this, the date is critically important for planning for airlines, for travel supported businesses, and for millions of travelers worldwide who will now advance plans to visit the United States once again. Of course, just like every other country who has tourism hotspot, the U.S. is hurting as well. Um, there's a lot of people probably ready to get back to work in the tourism industry. I almost said right here at home, but I'm sitting in Mexico, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, my first article, um, well, most of my articles this week is surrounding mitigating risks and, you know, COVID pain points, all that stuff. So um, this first one is, from Travel Market Report, and it, it's sponsored by Nexion Travel Group. Hmm. And so as we are coming out of this pandemic era, hopefully soon, um, you know, looking at the travel atmosphere, as travel advisors, we need to stay ahead of our clients' concerns. Yes. And pre-COVID, we always, at least for me, I always want to make sure they had all the tools in their toolbox to take care of situations while they're in destination. So for example, I would say, you know, and this is in your templates as well. It's like, hey, when you first get off the plane, you grab your bags and you're looking for your transfers, be patient, look around, you know, these are the steps that you need to take before you call me. <laughs> so yeah. it like empowers them to 
you know, take care of themselves, especially if it's easier to do it from their end than for me to do it for them um, once they're traveling. So um, this gives a list of four easy steps to keep your clients informed, aware, and prepared for their next travel adventure. Nice. So the first one is to keep customers informed because everything is changing so quickly. I remember I had clients go to Hawaii. The day they left, there wasn't really um, like a vaccine card. It was a couple months ago. There wasn't like a vaccine card uh, requirement let's just show proof of full vaccination to go into a restaurant. But like the first full day they were there, they had then implemented that rule. So (laughs) they were really good about, you know, you know, being flexible and stuff like that. They weren't upset, but they were just like, Hey, when they sent me their feedback, that was what they had mentioned. They're like, Hey, the day, our first full day, they implemented that new rule. So it's important to keep our customers as informed as possible. And some of the tools that, we have at our disposal is Sherpa. I know Signature offers Sherpa for free um, to their um, travel agents, um, but also using our suppliers and the information that they have on the ground. So if you work with a destination, like for me, I'm, I recently um, put together a quote for an Italy trip using the suppliers and their knowledge because they are in Italy. It was really helpful to know what they're seeing on the ground. So keep your customers informed and that way they know how to stay on top of everything. Absolutely. Um, the next one is ensuring your clients are covered, obviously with travel insurance. Hey, we all know that. Insuring. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, and then the next one is ensuring your clients are prepared. So make sure they have, you know, if they need paper documents for something, I know some places require an actual paper printout of Mm -hmm. their test results to give. Um, They won't take something on their phones or if they accept something on their phones, make sure to take a screenshot of it. So that way, when they're at the airport, they're not scrambling to pull up the email to get the link. I've seen that so many times and I'm like, guys, like just screenshot it when you receive it. This will save you so much hassle. Also to make sure that they have uh, approved masks. Uh, Some places don't accept cloth masks. You have to wear surgical masks, you know, just double check to see if there's a requirement for that. And also to include your vaccination records in your carry-on bags. Don't check that in. Take it with you. And also to just take a photo of your vaccine card just in case. I have, um, I don't know, and you have Android, so you can tell me. I have an iPhone and I can create Mm -hmm. albums in my pictures. So I have an album for important documents. I have photos Mm -hmm. of our passports, vaccination cards, anything else that we might need is in that little file. Can you do that on Android as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. We can definitely make albums. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last point is to set expectations of what to expect when traveling. And we've touched on this before. Um, you know, they might not have daily housekeeping. Transportation is going to look a little bit different. P- food and beverage services might be a little bit different. So just let them know that Things are not going to be what they were pre-COVID. They're still going to have a great time, but it's not going to be the same. Yeah, I just had clients return from Italy, and it's my first clients to go to Europe mm-hmm. um, since the pandemic. And 
they're so good. I love that they know to text me if they need something, but I kept getting Mm -hmm. text and I would see the name pop up and like the color would drain from my face. (laughs) We all know the feel. (laughs) It was always a picture. And they're like, this is so great. We're having a great time. And I was like, oh, I don't know why we do that. I similar to you. I always expect the worst. I'm just like, oh no, a text. But it's always like, oh, we're having a good time. Oh, look at us here. And I'm like, thank you, thank you. But now let me just take a breath and yes. slow my heart rate. Yes. Exactly. Was that the end of that one? Oh yes. Oh. Unless you want to comment some more, but that's the end of that one. <laughs> I can always dig up something to say. Uh, My next article is from Travel Weekly. It is called Delta Opening Pre-Check Lobby with Facial Recognition Tech in Atlanta. So I think much like uh, modified muster drills on cruises, there are some technology things that are, are being created in response to all of the challenges the pandemic has caused that are gonna be great. So um, Delta is opening an industry-first TSA pre-check lobby and bag check facility, and it's going to be in Atlanta next month. It'll be located in the lower level of Delta's domestic Atlanta South Terminal, and it's supposed to open before the beginning of Thanksgiving travel is what they're saying. So it's part of a broader Delta initiative that will enable individuals who are both pre-check and SkyMiles members to go hands-free through the airport for domestic flights. Um, They'll use camera and facial recognition technology, um, and that will be deployed in lieu of physical identification and boarding passes for eligible flyers who opt into the program. Opt me in when that's available, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the flyers will check into their flight using the Fly Delta app. They'll have a digital identity established using their SkyMiles number, passport number, and known traveler number. And then upon arriving at the new pre-check lobby, they will verify their identity via uh, facial scan. And if they're checking bags, they'll print and attach a bag tag from a self-serve kiosk and then place the bag on the conveyor belt. After that, they pass through security and they enter their plane with quick looks at a camera, which I've seen that coming off of things at times where you look at the camera. They will not have to show an ID or a boarding pass. So that's pretty cool. Yep, it's your favorite because it saves a lot of time. Yes, anything that saves <laughs> one second is my favorite. Um, also, hands-free and just I love technology. So I guess they're going to start offering digital identity-enabled boarding at Detroit airports, um, gates A10 through 12, without the pre-check lobby. So they're trying some things. They hope to mm-hmm. obviously um, expand that solution across their hub network. So. If you live near a Delta hub, I know I love Delta. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, I just have to take whatever works best where I am, but I do Mm -hmm. love Delta. So it says this element of the customer journey is possible thanks to our strong partnerships with TSA, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and airport leadership, uh, which were built over years of testing and perfecting facial recognition options for international customers. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I love, I know like some people are weirded out by facial recognition stuff. I'm like, I use Snapchat filters. I use Instagram filters. Like Facebook already knows to tag me in photos. Mm -hmm. At this point, you know, 
that's where things are headed in terms of security. And even with global entry, I don't even have to scan my passport anymore. Mm-hmm. You just take a photo of your face and they recognize you. They know the flight you were on. They have all the information. It takes two seconds. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you're using a cell phone and apps of any kind, there's people in your business. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I take comfort in knowing that I'm not that important for anything terrible to happen. (laughs) Same. I don't plan on running for the president of the United States. So I think I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, This next article I have is, uh, it's from Travel Weekly, and it's about travel agencies find ways to navigate COVID complexities. Mm -hmm. So how are you getting your COVID information? What tools are you using, Kareem? Oh, so many things. And honestly, I try very hard to block out anything I don't need so that there's room enough in my brain for what I do need. But I use Sherpa a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And just like you said earlier, too, some supplier websites. So Vacation Express has a really great uh, website where it shows which resorts offer testing, if it's free or how much it is, what the current protocols are for each of the destinations they're selling. And I'm doing a lot of Caribbean and Mexico now. So that's super handy for me. Um, obviously Google, but you have to be careful, you know, not just read some yes. blog or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course you and I are in these news sites all the time. So that does make <laughs> things easier, but yes. Sherpa's probably my favorite. Yeah, so in this article, it gives different tools that different agencies are using to keep up with COVID updates. And Sherpa is a big one. And we already mentioned it earlier um, in another news article. Um, But certain agencies, they have set up a Slack workspace for their particular community. So whether it's like an entire agency, they have a Slack workspace. So they can send COVID updates and put down COVID resources in there so that way it helps them be more efficient. They can search, see what exactly that they need. Um, it sounds really great. And I think it's a great resource, but I think with that, you might get overwhelmed. Maybe sometimes when people continuously update, but it is another way for agents to be able to stay updated. Um, yeah. Another one that is mentioned here, um, Internova Travel Group, they use Xlog Global. I haven't heard of Xlog. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Well, it's mentioned in here, and apparently it's a really great resource where there's an actual professional um, one-on-one support who's able to you know, coordinate with you via email or phone to answer questions about COVID. Interesting. So, yeah. I'm going to so go take a look at that some, link in our show notes. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> so they say that the Xlog resource um, is something they go to if whatever COVID-related travel quandary proves too difficult or unique for Sherpa to address. Um, Xlog is the next one, but they also have someone on their internal team within the organization who can help handle that really unique case. So luckily for me, most of my stuff I could find on either the tourism boards, Sherpa, suppliers. Um, But yeah, check out this article and, you know, maybe you can add an additional tool to your toolbox. Absolutely. Should we jump into some excess baggage? Have a little 
Yeah, I'm ready. Have a little speed round? <laughs> okay, it's time for Excess Baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Weekly, the Dreams Cozumel Cape Resort and Spa is due to open in the first quarter of 2022. It will be the Dreams brand's first resort in Cozumel, Mexico. The resort will be adjacent to the Sunscape Sabor Cozumel. They also report that Barbados removed the mandatory second PCR test and quarantine requirement for travelers entering the country who are fully vaccinated. Travel Agent Central reports that Puerto Vallarta is targeting millennial travelers. Younger travelers are visiting the Puerto Vallarta area in larger numbers since the pandemic in search of nature, wellness, and additional experiences. Another one from them says that Norwegian Cruise Line is returning to sailing from Los Angeles with the restart of its seventh vessel, Norwegian Bliss, sailing week-long voyages to the Mexican Riviera from L.A. According to Travel Market Report, Insight Vacations debuted its 2022-23 worldwide collection of tours this week and revealed that it is including a sustainable, focused experience on every itinerary. They also report that tour operator Avanti Destinations this week released its new travel agent website that says will allow users to create, save, price, and share custom FIT vacations in under five minutes. An article from Travel Pulse says that JetBlue Airways became the latest airline to beat Wall Street estimates when it announced its third quarter earnings. JetBlue's president said, I am very pleased with our exceptionally strong revenue performance in the third quarter. September took the brunt of the booking softness associated with rising counts tied to the rising case counts tied to the Delta variant. That said, trends have stabilized and are improving. We expect robust revenue acceleration throughout the quarter as the holidays approach and demand continues to meaningfully improve. And for our high note, we'll end with another one from them that says that a new study found flight bookings to the United States have increased following the announcement that international travelers vaccinated against coronavirus would once again be allowed to visit in November. According to data from Forward Keys, weekly commercial flight bookings exceeded 70% of pre-pandemic levels by the middle of October. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles you've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. And wow, what a high note. Yes. So you're telling me all the people at Disney Universal are only from North America or only domestic? Correct. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's about to get a lot more crowded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least next summer is going to be crazy as people are like, we want Disney. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, my next article is another one for travel advisors uh, regarding minimizing client pain points, especially now when trying to travel during the pandemic. So a lot of our concerns, or at least the ones that I've been hearing are, um, what if we need to cancel last minute? What if borders shut down? Um, what if I get COVID in destination? Like, I don't want to stay in the destination for two weeks. I'd rather go home and get treated at home. Um, you know, are those similar concerns to what your clients have as well? Yes. That. And what if I just don't like the way things are going with COVID and I have to Mm -hmm. really explain to them like insurance is not going to cover your unease or fear of traveling 
like that's not a covered reason. So if that's something you want covered, we got to look at cancel for any reason. And it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be a hundred percent, you know, all those things. Right. And also um, another concern I received, especially um, now with the new, you know, if if you're unvaccinated, you need to get tested within 24 hours. Is, is it easy to get a COVID test when you're traveling internationally? Like how easy is it? Do we have to go search for it? You know, all that stuff. So this article talks about how advisors can look at those pain points and offer solutions to their clients. Um, so the, the um, talk about Embark Beyond, which is a luxury travel seller. And what they did, they thought about at the time, like the big, one of the biggest pain points, and that was COVID testing. So it says here that earlier this month, after they began offering clients a self-administered COVID test kit that meets U.S. re-entry requirements, sales of international travel jumped by 30%. So I think it was the one that we had mentioned, the one that was CDC approved that we talked about last week. They offered them to their clients and they're like, hey, you don't need to go to an actual pharmacy or clinic. Like you could just do it in your hotel room. Mm-hmm. International travel sales jumped by 30%. And it was aimed at easing the hassles and anxiety of travel during COVID. So the managing partner, Jack Ezon, he is quoted as saying, we've always taken the approach of being customer centric, really thinking about the customer first and building out from there. So he asked the question, what do they need? Let's create that and let's sell that. And part of the reason why advisors are so important is that we can help accelerate recovery of the travel industry. So if we look at these pain points, the first one they listed, the COVID testing service, definitely something that we as advisors can look into. You know, if you're trying to offer an elevated experience for your clients, part of something that you might offer could be like, Hey, here is like a COVID kit or something. And in the COVID kit, you can have the at home test where you have that telehealth call here are some additional surgical masks. Here are, you know, hand sanitizer, whatever it is. If you're a luxury advisor or someone who wants to elevate the experience, that could be something to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know I offered my clients these vaccine holders, like these clear plastic vaccine holders, and those are easily branded to your, to your company. Yep. Um, another thing they said is to listen and problem solve. Um, ask open-ended questions, empathize with them, and then problem solve. Some of the ways that Embark Travel has strived to minimize anxiety, they also include offering COVAC medical evacuation insurance. And COVAC is, have you heard of COVAC? Yes. So they are a travel insurance that will fly you out if you were to contract COVID in destination, fly you back home. Mm -hmm. It's not cheap. Don't expect it to be because of the high level of service it offers, but it's something you can offer your clients that if that is a serious concern of theirs, it could help ease that anxiety and push them to be more open to traveling because they know they're not going to be stuck. And they were recently, um, they were recently added into signature. So Definitely something to look into. For sure. Um, appoint a COVID specialist. C- 
create country-specific email templates that you can send to your clients that give simple step-by-step explanations about protocols and and links in their destinations, and also to upgrade VIP meet-and-greet services to include personal guidance through COVID paperwork, testing, and other issues. I absolutely agree. You know I love a template. I have email templates and... I reiterate the same information I have for my access um, itinerary library. Same mm-hmm. thing. It says the same thing, but I like to hit them over the head with it. You know, with all of the links to everything they need to fill out, sort of step by step, what you're going to need to do. Once you do that one time, you need to save it because it's weird. It's a lot of work yeah. involved. So reuse it for sure. I mean, the truth of the matter is right now, we as travel advisors, it's important, at least for me, to, to remember that we can be the solution mm-hmm. for our clients and their problems. If their problem is, I want to travel somewhere, but I don't know where to go, or I want to travel somewhere, but I am so anxious about COVID, we can be part of the solution for them to make what they want happen in the best way possible to ease that anxiety. And it just requires us to be a bit more cognizant of what it is they need. We're in this every day. Yep. We we assume a lot of times that they know what we know and that's not the case. And so be, you know, be in front of your clients, predict what it is that they need and also talk to them. Like what is their concern and be able to offer the solution to them. But also really focus on the listening part. I think that because we're in this all day every day, sometimes we do think we know what the next question is going to be, so we start you know, immediately like giving information, but the client wants to feel heard. So just don't say anything, just listen, let them finish and then offer them the solutions you've already seen. But uh, I think we're also tired of hearing it. And sometimes the same questions over and over gets a little bit old, but it's important that we make sure the client knows that we heard them and that we care and that we are there to help with solutions, right? All right, so my next article is from Travel Age West. It's called CLIA Responds to CDC's Conditional Sailing Order Extension. So the uh, the CDC has extended the conditional sailing order through January 15, 2022. The CSO was originally introduced on October 30th, 2020 and it provides a framework for how cruise lines are permitted to operate throughout the pandemic. So according to the announcement, this temporary extension includes minor modifications and applies to all commercial, non-cargo, foreign flag, passenger carrying vessels currently operating or planning to operate in U.S. waters with a capacity to carry at least 250 individuals and with an itinerary anticipating an overnight stay on board or a 24-hour stay on board for either passengers or crew. So pretty much all passenger cruises for the most part. But after the expiration of this temporary extension, the CDC intends to transition to a voluntary program. So in coordination with cruise ship operators and other stakeholders, they'll assist the cruise industry to detect, mitigate, and control the spread on board cruise ships. So in response, CLIA issued a statement 
including language that in, indicates a hope that this will be the last extension. <laughs> so they said, the changes to the framework for conditional sailing order announced today show that the Biden administration and the CDC recognize the cruise industry's successful resumption of operations. We look forward to demonstrating the industry's continued leadership in this final phase of the CSO and to carrying out a smooth transition when the order comes to an end on January 15th, 2022. So they're like trying to get it out there that this is it. After after that, we should. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I am so ready for it to be like the final one. Yeah. Another quote from them is saying, you know, cruise ships are sailing today with some of the highest level of COVID-19 mitigation of any industry. The health and safety of cruise passengers, crew members, and destinations remain the industry's highest priority. CLIA ocean-going cruise line members will continue to be guided by science and the principle of putting people first as we work with the administration and the CDC to expand our progress and build additional confidence in cruising as one of the safest vacation options during the pandemic and beyond. And I have to agree that the success of the resumption is just incredible. They're just doing so great. And every I've had people sailing every week since mm-hmm. cruises restarted and all of them were just thrilled to death with the experience. I have not received a single other than one client. So I can't say not a single one. Um, embarkation was long and delayed and she got a little sunburned and she was upset about that. But other than that, she said the whole cruise was fantastic. She just was angry about the embarkation process. But I think we, but again, you know, we assume clients are going to know that getting on planes and ships, like you've got to get there extra early. It's going to take longer Mm -hmm. because of all of the documentation, but they don't necessarily know that. And it doesn't hurt to remind them and set that mm-hmm. expectation. That way, when they get there, there's no surprises and they're fine. Yep. I'm about to Stay add that to a email template. Any petition issue, issues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm super excited to check out the Apex and see how things are being done. And, uh, and I have my first cruise clients in a while sailing next month on Celebrity. So I know they're super excited about it, as I am. Me too. (laughs) I can't wait. Um, So you guys can expect to get the scoop next week. I can't even believe it's next week. But, you know, time is flying. It sure is. It sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's a destination on your mind right now? It's uh, Morelia, Michoacan, Mexico, of course. Uh, And it's on my mind because I am going there the following week because Whitney Schindler from Masters in Travel will be there and we're going to meet in person and spend some days together working on our academy and apprenticeship program. And we're going to have a photo shoot and I'm just so excited to meet her in person and it's her husband's family is from there. That's who they're visiting. So I know I'll get a good peek at things. Tracy's not coming with me because it's just going to be mostly work. So I will also get my first solo travel in Mexico experience, but Morelia is supposed to be super gorgeous. 
it's a very uniform looking city because almost all of the buildings are made from this pink sandstone. So unlike here where like every house is some other, some bright shocking color one next to the other, that is like tranquil. It's gorgeous. It's historic. So I can't wait. Every time when I hear you talk about Mexico, it's like, I guess I will start looking at (laughs) real estate prices in central Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my niece and her husband just left today and they were here for two weeks and we packed it in. We did so much stuff. And um, Marcy had never been to Mexico and Johnny had only been to Cozumel. So their impression of Mexico is just so different from anything they had ever pictured or seen. So that was fun for me to do. What uh, destination are you thinking about these days? Well, what destination am I not able to stop thinking about these days? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Dubai, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got back on Sunday. And, you know, we chatted last week during our recording, and I was already so in love with Dubai but that was only like halfway through the trip. Mm -hmm. I still had another half left and I just fell in love with it even more. I cannot express how incredible the experience was in the destination. And prior to going in my head, I was only thinking about the Burj Khalifa. I was thinking about the shiny city and how it looks in the TV shows and movies and all that stuff. And, you know, I really didn't know what to expect. And I was honestly very nervous about it because I just didn't know what, you know, I was going to be seeing and doing there, but it encompassed so much of everything that I love everything from the cultural aspect of it, the history of everything, plus, you know, crazy skyscrapers. And to be honest with you, in the beginning of the trip, you know, everyone was so impressed with, oh, this is the world's tallest building. This is the world's highest pool. This is the world's deepest pool. This is the world's whatever, whatever. By the end of the trip, when they were like, oh, we've got the world's largest Falcon hospital. I'm like, oh, yeah, so what? You're Dubai. Like, you're supposed to, aren't you? (laughs) So it became more of, like, an expectation. And it was just, like, little things that we don't experience in real life. And, like, to me, that was what a vacation, like, the ultimate vacation would feel like when you come home. And I wasn't even there on vacation. I was there on a fam, but it was so transformative. It was so educational. I was able to appreciate and learn about a completely different culture. And I came back feeling like my life was changed. Yep. And I feel like that's why I'm so like touched by the destination because it gave me that. Yeah. And not, not just, you know, Dubai itself, but the expo was going on. Like, Imagine like a world where, you know, we consistently hear about, you know, tensions between countries, there's conflict, all this stuff. But then you have an event where all the world's countries come together and share ideas, talk about the future, you know, all these cool things. And it was just super hopeful for me. And so that is why that destination is on my mind. And it probably won't leave for a while. (laughs) I love it. Um, And what is something you are loving right now? Hot air ballooning. 
I will uh, tell you, Corrine, when I saw your Instagram stories on hot air ballooning over the pyramids, I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> it was spectacular. I wanted to do it, Tracy and I both, for a long time, and we knew Marcy and Johnny were going to be the perfect uh, pair for us to save it and do it with them. I felt bad because it was their first full day in Mexico, and we went hot air ballooning over pyramids, and then we went to Xochimilco, which is like the canal boats. I was like, oh, I hate to break it to you. From, it's downhill from here. <laughs> like, we're never going to top this day. <laughs> uh I will absolutely go hot air ballooning anywhere that I visit that it's available. It is, I, I was scared. I'm afraid of heights. But as soon as we left the ground, it was just so smooth and tranquil. It, it was not scary. Just leading up to going, I was kind of like, ooh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but then as soon as we were up, uh, he did, I think he was showboating a little. He had us kind of low at one point, and I didn't like how close we were to the power lines, but uh, <laughs> we had a really experienced pilot. And also, I mean, I've booked hot air balloon experiences for people. I know what the prices are. So I felt like this was such a good value. We, had a private, it was only about $25 US more per person to go private, which no brainer, right? Um, we had the hot air balloon, then he popped a bottle of champagne and we had champagne. They gave us this box of pastries and fruit and cheese. It was delicious. We actually saved that and took it to Xochimilco, Xochimilco and ate on the boat um, because they were having a buffet breakfast for us and there was a mariachi band. I mean, it was really a well done experience for about 150 per person uh that is incredible yes incredible I and i can't I imagine i'm gonna top going over pyramids but i'll try <laughs> um it was just i just can't i, I just can't wait to go i mean i don't want to go do it there again unless someone comes to visit me and wants to do it i want to try some other places but maybe in turkey or it, it's just if you get the chance to do it i highly recommend it <laughs> Did I tell you that um, that's how my husband proposed to me was on a hot air balloon? No. <laughs> yeah, that's how he did it. And it wasn't really a, a surprise. I'm like, we don't go hot air ballooning every day. Right. So I wonder what's going to be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What is something you are loving? It's the same answer as a destination on my mind. It's Dubai. I will not make you sit through another monologue about how much I love Dubai, but I do. <laughs> well, you, you know, I did try a lot of new different foods. Um, well, not a lot of new different foods. Dubai is so multicultural, but I did try camel meat, just like a bite of it. Ooh. I know it sounds weird, but it really wasn't. I would take camel meat over lamb any day. Like I can't eat lamb. It's so like, if there's a flavor to lamb that I cannot do, but you know, when you're in a destination and that is something that they eat there, then it's something that I want to give it a try. So I just ate, uh, they have something called huitlacoche here, which is a fungus that grows on the agave plant. So I've had the fungus that grows on the agave plant. I had that in a quesadilla. I've eaten ground up worms and salt uh, because they grind up the worms that attack the agave plant. 
and the like, I'm punishing you. Yeah. For and we're going to up the agave. <laughs> and we're going to put you on an orange slice and have you with mezcal. So how about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I've had crickets. So I guess I can't really grasshoppers. Sorry. Cipollinis are grasshoppers. So I've been, I, I definitely have the when in Rome, my sister ate kangaroo in Australia and I was horrified, but it's just cultural. I mean, once you learn that kangaroos are a pest in Australia, they're like, we just can't get rid of them. They get into our crops and they tear everything up and then they sell their, you know, they sell kangaroo at their version of Walmart in Australia. So it's like, well, yeah. And different with no waste. We've been going to this new barbacoa. It's not new. Barbacoa is new for us where they cook the lamb in a pit overnight. It's like this whole process. So it's only open on the weekends. And we all went and uh, Johnny wanted to try the cheek and they made him a taco out of the cheek. But then our friend Dave was saying that he has eaten the eyeball before. And you can also get the male heart penis. Uh, It's called (laughs) penis. So I was like, mm, I'm just going to stick with the white meat. <laughs> but it's it's like they cook one or two of these. And, and so Saturday morning they open. When it's gone, it's gone. But they will sell you any part, brain, whatever you want. I'm not eating an eyeball ever. I'm going to guarantee you that. So we just want to apologize to any vegans or vegetarians who listen to us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for sticking with us until the end. We hope this episode has been informative. All the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go and delete those travel news emails I've been hoarding for the past month. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. Thanks again for joining us in the Tin Lounge, where you can learn a lot in a short amount of time. See you later. See you next week, kind of, when we're on the Apex. (laughs) We'll probably be posting a lot of Instagram stories, just FYI. So, and they might at least I will be. They might be pretty interesting because it's open bar, so we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all next week. Bye. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.